0: I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. And now let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of all things marketing and education. This is our very, very first episode, so we're really excited. In this podcast series, we're going to be talking to some of the leading experts in the land of education and education marketing. We're at that beautiful intersection where we might have educators on the show that you can learn from. We might have ed tech marketers. We might have marketers. We might have community professionals. But we're all going to be living in the world of how to talk and engage with educators and parents in an authentic way. So uh, my name is Ilana Leone and I have devoted my career to helping education brands build brand awareness and engagement. And I am excited to start this episode off with our very own Porter Palmer. Porter Palmer is our director of joy and she can talk to you what that means at LCG. She is an, I don't use this word lightly, but I I do feel like the word expert is very finite, and we're always learning. We're always lifelong learners. But I I can say with confidence, Porter, I know you're very humble. You are an expert in community. It is something that you need to continue to learn and attain to. But she is one of the most knowledgeable people you'll ever meet in connecting with people in an authentic way. I'll let Porter introduce herself, but just for some context, um, she's been with leone consulting group for about three years now before that she spent a decade developing engagement strategies and overseeing all of the awesomeness in den and if you know den star educators discovery education communications um, so i'll let porter talk a little bit about her background just get started and then we're going to talk a little bit about what she does um, what does community mean what does authentic community mean and then just go into the twists and turns and we'll take it from there. So Porter. Hi guys, I'm
1: Porter Palmer. And as Ilana said, I have the joy of working with her. I'm on year three of this journey together. I was recently given the opportunity to have the title director of joy. I am obsessed with joy, not just about choosing it or, um, finding it. I'm really obsessed with seeking it out. Like, I think it's like really a choice that you make for yourself and you have to seek it out. Um, that's been a driving force for me for a number of years now. And that sort of explains probably vaguely why I would consider myself a community scientist. I have, um, Since the first time I learned about community, I realized that was what I was supposed to be doing. And specifically in the area of teachers and educators, I have a lot of passion around connecting educators to one another and improving their lives. I was a classroom teacher in South Carolina for nearly a decade. I taught students with disabilities across every grade level and every topic you might think of from kids with the most significant disabilities to kids with very mild disabilities. um, I love them to this day. I still consider myself an advocate for um, people with disabilities. And I hope that they consider me to be an ally as well.
0: Yeah. um, Go ahead cut you off, Porter, but um, I don't, I know we've talked about it a little bit, and I've talked to you about some of my journey in education, but talk to me about, like, Porter coming out of school, what do I want to do, how did I even get into education, and then what continues to fuel me to, to stay in this space, because we know that Education is challenging in so many ways. And you've had the ability to put your foot in the education, like in the classroom, boots on the ground, but also in the policy and developing assessments. And then also now you're on the other side working with brands in the ed tech world. So, like, what fuels you? What started that education journey, too? Sure.
1: It's not the, it's probably not the beautiful story people hope to hear when I talk about how I became an educator. Um, I, I'm a little older now. And so I was raised in a time and in a place where my parents told me I could be anything, but society really told me that I only had a few choices as a female. And that was, I could be a stay at home mom. And I never wanted to birth a single thing um, from the time. That's I the learned
0: Communities, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to do that. But from the time I learned how, how, babies happen i was a no to that so i didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom i knew i didn't want to be a secretary so i unwisely refused to take typing and because i could not predict that we would be moving into a digital world so that has been a bit of a burden in my life is i'm not a good typist Um, I i felt like my other options were to be a nurse or a teacher and i didn't want to be a nurse and I was really good with kids and I love kids. And I'm even that person that, you know, there are people who love dogs, like they'll walk up to you and they don't pay you any attention. They pay your dog attention. I really care about what kids think of me because kids, they will tell it like it is. There aren't the filters that we as grownups have. And a lot of times people would call me the green M&M to kids and i guess that means that they liked me and i that fueled me as um as a young person was to just like every other teacher you meet to say seeing that light can't come on fueled me and so i pretty early in life like very early keyed in that I was going to be a teacher. And that is what I imagined my whole career would be. When people ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? I always saw myself as a teacher. And it's not an accidental path. I don't want to say that it's an accidental path, but it is not the path I've taken. And the things that I get to do now are not things in my wildest imaginations I I would ever be blessed to do, the ways that I get to help teachers and and then students as a result of that has been something that 20-year-old Porter who, like I was in high school and already in the teacher cadet program, like I just always knew that my path was education. I did not anticipate That I would outgrow my small town at 30 and move to New Hampshire and learn, get a deep understanding of curriculum and assessment and then start working with teachers. And then the moment I started working and doing professional development for teachers, realizing they need each other and they need connections so badly, how can I help make that happen? And so that's really where the passion came from for the community work that I do.
0: Awesome. And I think just for context, it's a fun story to just tell everyone how we met. So um, Leone Consulting Group is about five years old, but for the first couple of years, I was just a solo entrepreneur, really just trying to figure out what I love doing and what unique thing I could bring to the table that I felt felt I could do better than most people. Um, and more importantly, what fueled me? What, what gave me joy. Um, and I could continue to see myself doing it over and over again for multiple brands. So I was wayfinding a little bit when I met Porter. And I think she can tell the story a little better. So- I
1: love this story. This story yeah, makes I'll, me I'll so to you. happy. Like, I'm so happy to put this like down on paper. I know that it's a recording, but this makes me so happy. When I was at Discovery Education um, with the DIN, Discovery Educator Network, Ilana was at Edutopia, the George Lucas Foundation, and we I have a colleague at the time, Steve Dimbo, who went to a lot of conferences and things like that, and I am more of the the behind-the-scenes kind of person in general. And he was the upfront person that everybody knew. Steve, nobody knew
0: Porter. Um, even in meetings, sometimes our That's boss- not entirely true. Like if you walk ISTE with Porter, everyone <laughs> stops her. So she's being very humble. She knows more educators than I think I do. So that can, can can't be are not, they- not keynoting like. Steve and things like that.
1: That's true. I did do one keynote one time and I ran over. And so I learned that was not the keynote, not keynote
0: quality or. Keynote are (laughs) terrifying for me.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so one day when I was working at Discovery, Steve says, Porter, I really think that you and my friend Ilana ought to have a chat. And I can remember it like, I mean, like yesterday, we talked on the phone like 30 minutes, had this nice chat. This is several, several years ago, um, like maybe 2014 or 15. I don't remember. Um, anyway, so we had this great chat about community and social media and what they were trying to do at Edutopia, what we were trying to do. Oh, my God,
0: yes. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even remember this until you brought it up. Um, and then I asked you to talk to Sammer, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. When you sent oh, me, wow. this is not my first, but
1: as a thank you, I got a nice journal um, that I've already filled up, and this one I stole from Samer. How funny. When, I, when oh. I met him recently. Anyway. So that was a long time ago. And then in 2016, I'd love to tell this story this way, I left Discovery Education and Ilana, you left Edutopia. And my favorite joke is, I don't know which of us spent our time better. It was probably you because she went and got an MBA and started her own consultancy and I took two years off and traveled the country in my RV, which I am coming to you from right now and saw national parks and learned how to hike. I did not know how to hike previously and I'm still not great at it. Um,
0: let me tell um, you, Porter, about like when I meet educators from sometimes the Midwest, and I—I I kid you not—I have to define what hiking is. It, <laughs> they just the idea of walking in the heat for fun, like yeah. for long periods, are like, whoa, no! I drive my suburban to places and like the air conditioning. Like we don't. Yeah, I'm going to have to find one of the first pictures of
1: one of my first hikes in a slot canyon in Texas near Big Bend National Park. Bill left me sitting on like a bench because I was wearing the least comfortable cowboy boots you could find that hadn't been worn in or anything. And I have on this cow, I'm, I'm in Texas, I lived in Texas, I have this cowboy hat and it's from an art Store. It's not meant to be. I am not wearing hiking clothes at all. Anyway, hysterical picture. He leaves me behind, and he gets to. And I always laugh that I didn't know how to hike. Anyway, back to my friend Steve again. So Steve and Ilana are at ISTI in 2018, and Ilana has just picked up like this new client working on this new um, platform and she's ilana is still trying to figure out like her staffing and everything and steve says i know who you need to hire you need to hire porter and so i had set aside money to be on my little adventure for like two years and the money was running out and i'll just be honest people don't want to Back then, people didn't want to hire you when you said your non-negotiable is that you are a remote employee. That has changed, I think, due to the pandemic that we are, or should I call it the panini? Due to the panini we've been living through, um, that I think perspectives on that have changed some. But, like, I was, I wouldn't say I was pushing myself, but it was, like, beautiful timing so i was in maine visiting our friends and the time that ilana and i always say yes in the time that ilana picked we had planned to go blueberry picking in july at a blueberry farm and i had what i might
0: would call an interview but i'm not even sure like no, we just, it was more of a conversation, we, and I just was excited to reconnect with an awesome person. It, it was definitely, in my view, I guess I'm a softie, but, like, if you come from people that I really respect and I know your background already, it's never a quote-unquote interview, right? I
1: agree. Like, I just felt like we just had a conversation and decided we wanted to do good work together, and I started part-time just a few hours a week.
0: Yeah, but I think you're missing, like the the funnest part about this whole thing was, hey, Porter, do you know anything about Pinterest? (laughs) And at the time, you know, I did Pinterest um, for Egyptopia, but never to the depth of the level that we got to doing it as an agency. And I didn't know much. I was just, you know, I think what you have to learn when you're running your own show is be comfortable with the uncomfortable, be comfortable with the unknown. So I said yes to this contract, knowing that if I dove in, I could really make a difference and do it. But I didn't have that on the ground, intense, advanced expertise in Pinterest. And Porter was really honest. She's like, no, but I'll try it. (laughs) I mean, I had done
1: Pinterest and now like adding to the funny part of the story is I swear to you, it was not a week before that one of my art, it became, Pinterest became very popular in the RVing industry. And one of my friends was talking about Pinterest and I kid you not a week before this, I looked at her and I said, is Pinterest even relevant anymore? I remember you saying that. (laughs) It's not social. Like it is like since we're on the topic of Pinterest, Pinterest is a search engine. It is a visual search engine. It is a powerful search engine. When I use Pinterest way back when it's, I'm an early adopter to anything technology in general. Um, Pinterest was social. It was social bookmarking and it was fantastic. Now it is a powerful digital marketing tool. If you have a catalog of, things and you have the ability to make images or videos, it is a powerful tool, but it's not so social
0: anymore. So So I guess fast forward, she said, yes, we baby stepped our way into life at LCG. And now we primarily at LCG, we do organic social media marketing. And we also do community building. And we had to wayfind, although we had that expertise, really kind of just jump into what can we do in a repeatable way that no I know in my heart that we can truly make a difference every single time. Um, and so we landed on those two. Porter now leads the community building efforts as it makes sense to do so. So she works with many clients in education technology, building some very, very exciting communities that just every time I talk about them, I can't believe this is our job to be able to do it. Can I tell you one
1: of my favorite things? I sure. love, um, one of the things that we offer people is training on on community and we, we pretty much I mean, I do, I sort of put my foot down and say, we, we don't do work with you unless you take training, basically. Like, I'm not going to build a community for you. Because over and over and over again, one thing that I know is that without buy-in across an organization, you will fail. And so for me, making sure that an organization understands at all levels from your highest position to however you rank. Um, people. Everybody needs to know that you are a community-focused organization. And that starts internally with how you treat each other at work and how you treat your customers, your potential customers. And so I pretty much insist on we will all learn the bare minimum. You don't walk out of these trainings that we do with expertise or becoming a community scientist like I am, Um, but you come out understanding how it impacts um, all of your organization or that it actually does, that it doesn't live in a silo. Um, You leave understanding the cycle, how to think about finding the magic in the middle, which is that overlap of what you're capable of doing as an organization, what the people who are in your community actually need, um, and then your business objectives on top of that. And I love helping companies find that magic in the middle and use it to do good for teachers, parents, which leads us to doing good for kids.
0: Yes, and it, it kind of brought me back to Ad Edutopia. I came in right when we were putting efforts in onto the website, and before then, the website was just used as like a plopping place. I don't know how to say that in a more eloquent way, but like when we did magazines, we would plop all of our stuff on on the web all at once. We wouldn't wouldn't promote it. We didn't really like maybe we had a newsletter, but like it would just all go there. And so how do you turn something that's platform for just like here's a repository or an archive of information Mm -hmm. to a community and we had some experts come in but now that i think about it not one of them got everyone in there and talked about what community is what it could do to transform your organization and and edutopia had embedded community inside already because people I'll, i'll let you define what community is Um, after this. And and there's a great blog post that Porter wrote between the difference of community and audience. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, But I I really just wish someone would have come in and said, here's what you're trying to do. So we ended up building an internal community on Edutopia. And it honestly ended up failing because we didn't know, we didn't understand the resources it would take. um, And we completely underestimated it. And we didn't have like dotted line kpis of what are we trying to achieve and how did it fundamentally connect to our operations plan we didn't do like all of those boxes weren't checked um and that's why we are so passionate about let's get everyone in the room and as a business leader you have to know what may be coming down the pipeline too how can community potentially affect your organization and its objectives and transform who you are as a brand I want to know that. And so it just brought me back. So sorry for taking that over. Why don't you talk about the difference between community and audience? I think this is a good teaser to what Porter ends up talking about in a lot of her trainings too.
1: Okay. So I really love to talk about the difference between three things. And that is community audience and engagement in social media. We talk a lot about getting engagement and engagement. A lot of times is one way or two way back and forth. Audience is the potential of people who see your stuff on the internet. That's it. That's, that's all your audience is. And they may be extreme lurkers. I am an audience in a lot of places. Um, I am not engaged in a lot of social spaces Um, in terms of commenting or posting. Like that's what you think about when you think of engagement. But audience are the people who see your stuff, just like in a concert, the audience. But a community happens when you don't even have to be there as the brand, that the people like it's not. Transactional. It's not back and forth between the brand and your audience. It is amongst your audience. I like to think of it. Remember, I said I'm a full time RVer, so I think of a campfire. And if you are in um, on a community team in a company, your goal is really to create the atmosphere of that campground or that campfire. And the thing that brings people together and then they have conversations that um, benefit their lives, improve their lives, and they give you the credit as the company for that. That's what community really is, is you creating the space for your desired group of members um, to have a conversation For them to have their lives improved because of the effort that you've put in, I'll add this, community is a commitment. It is much more of a commitment than a lot of organizations think it is. They think that it's easy. It is not. It is a mindset and a commitment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say a majority of the clients that come to us say, oh, we tried to do this. Um, And then for three months later, no one was talking to each other and we shut it down. And you might be listening to this podcast now going, oh, yeah, that that happened to us. Um, So a lot of the times we want to come in and manage expectations. And, And it's perfectly normal. And Porter talks about this pretty eloquently, too, is just. I want you to have all the information at your disposal so you can make the best, most strategic decision for your organization. And that might be, hey, we're not ready for community yet because you have to do it well. And that's why I love working in the the space of social media and community in parallel because social media is the same way. It's a commitment. It's a marriage. you got to do it well. And every day, there's a lot of sweat. There's a lot of rolling up your sleeves to get it done. And it's sometimes not sexy but the end result is transformational on both fronts.
1: Somebody that Ilana was reading like a blog post about was talking about how you don't have to, um, people don't have to care for each other in a community. And I was like, yes, they do. In order for it to be a community, the members need to care about one another. If they don't, that's a network and there's nothing wrong with a network. A network is fine, but a community is, and I'll use the Discovery Educator Network as an example. It was founded as a network. So a way of connecting teachers to one another, but it turned into a community. So on Twitter, that's a wide network. I have a, a network of ed tech people, um, marketers, community people that I follow and I learn from. And so that's a network of people, people that if I see them at, um, an event or conference, I'll be excited to see them, meet them, learn from them. Um, but only once you care for one another, does it become a community.
0: Is it caring, or is it a sense of belonging, or is it both?
1: I think you can feel like you... I mean, we can discuss this for days and days and days. I feel like you can feel like you belong to a network. You can feel a sense of belonging. Um, it's, It's when somebody is sick or something tragic happens to them. There was something on... I think it was on Twitter this week that said, if you want to judge like how a friend is going to be, deliver some good news to them about you and your life and see how they react. And based on that, you'll learn what sort of friend they'll be. And I almost think that that's how I differentiate a network from a community is in a network there is a give and take, but there can also just be a lot of take. Like I am, I am a taker in a lot of networks because I am lurking and I am learning. In a community, you also give and take, mm-hmm. um, and you do get that sense of belonging. Like you're, um, I was just talking with somebody today about social identity theory which um, is one of the grounding pieces of community where, as I was telling you earlier about people sitting around this campfire, at, after a while, they feel like they belong to that campfire and their identity is associated with it. And when you have your identity associated with that group of people that you're sitting around that campfire with, when your identity is impacted by it, and that can be negatively or positively. There are communities that don't do good. There are benevolent communities. And then there are communities that are not good.
0: I would say, though, in education. Oh, they're good. They're, yeah, they're, they're great. And that's why I love the space that we're in, especially even with social media, too. It's just we use this to... At the core of it all, Porter, you always say community improves people's lives. That's right. And I see that firsthand um, with even just social media, which may or may not have sense of community in it, but also in communities 100 percent. Because educators are one of the most selfless people I know. They will go above and beyond to help others, even if they've been working 10, 12 hour days. And I don't ever want to take advantage of that, but I want them to connect and inspire others as they naturally do. And communities can help facilitate that. So that's just one of the joys we get to do is work with communities like that. Um, Porter, do you want to just share, you've been working in communities of educators in particular. You've also had experiences building communities of parents. Do you want to just share maybe like a story that just... I don't know, you know, gives you goosebumps Is like, yes, this is why I'm in community. I mean, you have so many life-changing stories. Does one pop up at you of sure. just to say, well, how can I imagine what a community would be like for my brand? What are the types of things that may or may not happen?
1: I think that um, my work in community may be responsible for four marriages. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's not even the one that comes to mind. But that's like just a, uh, like the work that we do that brings people together, um, creates lifelong relationships, um, and there are marriages. Um, I am certain that um, communities that I have worked in have. Ex- and these, y'all, you know, these are not necess- these are very tangible, but. Not things that you expect when you as a company say, oh, I've heard community will be good for my business. Let me get into community, which happens a lot. But y'all, this is life saving work. Um, I know people who have had cancer that they should not have survived, who give credit to the support that they received from the community as their survival and are living and thriving to this day. um, There are careers that have taken on paths that they didn't anticipate. People tell me privately sometimes that they think because I was a special education teacher, I have a talent for seeing not the good in people, but seeing um, like their talents or what they are capable of that they don't see in themselves. And that is a, a thing that helps a teacher um, have more courage than they, they're already courageous people, but more courage to step out on a national stage and have their voice and their experiences elevated um, and have their story told. And so Mm. I've seen a lot of those opportunities in people's careers, people who went into administration um, as a result of Feeling as though they had the power of a community behind them to support them in that process. They don't, teachers don't feel alone anymore because they have these connections. The same with parents, Um, the same with RVers. I'm in RV communities as well, and you don't feel alone or unsafe on the road because you've got your people that you can reach out to virtually. Yeah, I mean it. Adding me. loneliness.
0: Yeah, I think when I first got into education, from I've always been on the marketer side and maybe community building side as well, but when I remember my moment. And at the time, we were building community, but we didn't even know we were. That's right. So I remember just lurking on Twitter and getting involved in Ed Chats way back in the day. And I would just hear educators spout out the most amazing, innovative tips and strategies and things they were doing. And they were so confident in sharing with each other. But I I do remember I, I ran across an educator named Pernille Rip, And she's a fourth grade educator. And at the time, I, I DM'd her. I said, "Hey, you're amazing. We'd love to have you blog at Edutopia." And I remember getting on a telephone call with her back in the day when we always used to call each other. And she said, "You know, Alana, I don't feel comfortable because I don't think what I'm doing is innovative." And she might have not said it in that way, but I got that feeling that she was just like, "Are you sure?" I remember her saying, "Are you sure you want me?" And I hear that a lot. Like I'm not, you know, because they are so isolated too, they don't know what they're doing is truly amazing and elevating their voices and inspiring others to adapt what they're doing for their own unique circumstances is what gives me goosebumps. And what we did at Edutopia for so many years and they still do is elevate educator voices because we don't need to hear from consultants. We don't need to hear from, you know, politicians about what should be doing in education, we need to really spotlight what's truly working in education from the people, the boots on the ground. And that just like, fueled me when I heard Cornel say, Hey, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Like, are you sure you want me? And you know, fast forward, she's keynoting all around the world. She's created a full movement I mean, just... I mean, she's so inspiring now, but that breaks my heart that educators are told in society that what they do is not important. That doesn't matter. Um, And not to that extent, but it does feel like they have oh, I'm just a teacher, I'm just doing this thing, or are you sure this is actually innovative? And again, it probably speaks to the silos that they're in and the mm-hmm. isolation, because they cannot gauge what they're doing compared to others.
1: I think community gives teachers courage to take risks in a safe enough place. And then they experience, just like any of us, they experience success or appreciation for the sharing that they do, and then that fuels more courage to go to a broader audience. And that's really how good is done, is by empowering people to share their talents.
0: Agreed. I I know we're reaching about time here, Porter, but I have a couple of last minute questions for you. you like i said have had boots on the ground in classrooms and special education you designed assessments so you got into the administration world you then had a lot of time in the tech world um now that we are like in the consultant space working with tech brands do you have any advice for for tech brands as they're trying to reach their audience um do you have any what is the most important advice you would give them to be able to reach and engage with educators because so many people come to us and say hey i need i need educators to know about us i need them to know about our product how would you advise them the best way to do that
1: um i've rarely met a business owner, a brand owner, like the founder or whatever, who wasn't passionate about the thing that they created and who doesn't believe that it impacts lives, makes lives easier, solves some problem. Mm -hmm. And so I would beg you to keep that at the heart of what you're doing. What are you trying to solve for teachers or students? Is the first thing. Um, I use this quote kind of frequently. It it stuck with me a long time ago. Um, Khalil Gibran says in the Prophet that work is love made visible. And I would add to that around keeping that focus on this thing that you love so much that you created or chose to lead a group of people around doing a certain type of work. Make love visible. And make that in everything you do amongst your employees, your staff, amongst your teammates. Work is love made visible. Make sure that your audience feels that love that you have for them that made you create the thing that you created or the, the thing that made you join a company. You joined that company because you believed in what it was doing. So spread that love.
0: Yeah. And I would say that the number one thing when I advise ed tech startups and when I talk to prospects and current clients is a lot of the times we don't even realize we're doing this. But sometimes our job is to orient them back to the why, orient them back to the passion that they started. And it's not that they lost it. It's just sometimes you get so distracted with maybe your product and its features and all of the things And they don't realize that educators don't care about your product. They care about potentially the challenge they have and if your product can solve it. But what you are doing as an individual and as a company is so much bigger than your product. And you care passionately about, say, project-based learning or school scheduling or um, making music and integrating it in a a technology-effective way in the classroom. Whatever your passion is and what your company started with, that's what you center on. It's Your product is only one little part of it. And I think what Porter has been talking about, too, is being a part of their lives. You build relationships. You build trust. And the beauty of community, the beauty of social media is after you talk to them over and over again and have these relationships, they don't even care about your product. They will recommend your product based on the value you give them be, even right. outside of their product. So uh, the third thing we tend to do a lot for our clients is we create content for them, which creates value on top of it. Because you have to be consistently providing value in a relevant and timely manner. And that could be through your product, but there's so many ways to do that. And it all revolves around that why, you know? All right. Well, Porter, it's been I hate to say this is a pun, it's joy. It's been absolute joy working with you. Mission I accomplished. I feel blessed to always have conversations like this because it inspires me and it keeps me going. Um, I think maybe as a parting remark question is I know that you are very mission driven. You are very um, impact driven. If you were thinking about this, like, you know, maybe retirement, you're down where you're hanging out on your Rocking chair um, in front of your RV in North Carolina, and you're looking back at your life and your career. I know this is a really big question, but like, what do you hope to be remembered for, and what maybe could apply to other people in in your field of community building?
1: Um, thank you.
0: That
1: yeah, right. (laughs) Thanks for the prep on that one. You know, I feel like I am already remembered this way. And so I hope that people remember me for um, seeing the good in them and encouraging them to share it with others and then delighting in their sharing of it. I hope that when I retire, people will think of, how they came to me with ideas for things. And I said, let's figure out how to make that happen and worked with them. Like, that's a thing that I like to say is let's make it happen. So that's, that's what I hope. I hope that people will always remember my work was done with a great deal of love.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's not necessarily like, it's not what you do, but how you make them feel. And I, you know, there's that famous Maya Angelou quote of people will always remember how you make them feel over what you did. And I think Porter, we have the honor because you always make us feel loved and you make everyone that you interact with feel loved and feel like they matter. And I cannot say that phrase without crediting Angela Myers. You matter so much to the field of education. So and in the Mm -hmm. world. So, thank you. And um, I think that's all the time we have for today. Um, Every Episode, we will be following up with show notes. So you can go to our website, Leonie and then backslash one for our very first episode. It will have links to the, some of the things we talked about and additional resources to dive into community a lot more as it relates to the education field. So, Porter, thank you so much. And Thanks for having me. You're our very first guest, and it was just a real fun way to kick off this series. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash podcast for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends. So please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and education.